Hey, this is uh, Jebediah from Utah. Just wanted to let you know I am all caught up, bitches. Also, um, being from Utah, our multiple wives, we get women based on a Mormon lottery system. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, G. Simon. Wackerly here. What's up, Wackerly? Ready for business? Ready for crafting. Ready to craft. <laughs> crafting engaged. <laughs> crafting engaged. So, Wacker. Craft um, seven. Contrary Go. to uh, contrary to most most weekends, typical weekends, we actually hung out kind of a lot this weekend. Well, you be you were One in day town was a lot. Yeah, no, you were in town, and uh, you know we uh, went on. Uh, you know, had a uh, a daytime activity. When's the last time we hung out during the day? When when's the last time you hung out it's with me too, during the day? Too long. <laughs> I don't well, hang when out we were during camping, the day when we were camping. Oh yeah, that was that was a few months. But anyway, we, we watched some round ball. <laughs> <laughs> Big but round ball fan. How about you? This past Saturday, uh, I know actually some sick and wrong fans had attended, and I'm sure a lot of other people were jealous that we attended. But uh, we ended up going to check out WonderCon over at the Moscone Center there in uh, San Francisco. Uh, to people in the know, WonderCon is the like the sister event to Comic Con, the big comic extravaganza down in San Diego. Have you ever been to that one in San Diego? Yeah, I wanted to go last year because the Mighty Boosh were there. But, oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. You know, and you and uh, Sleazy E almost went. But we almost went, but it was like... You decided that being in the car for seven hours together was with, not going to be tolerable. Not even. It's nine hours. Yeah. I don't even know if I can handle that. that. Yeah, I don't think I can handle that. But uh, it was also like... It's a logistical nightmare. It's like you go down there and the hotels are really expensive and traffic's bad. You don't want to fly because the, the, the flights are more expensive. The whole thing was just uh, would have been a bitch, but it would have been cool to meet the mighty Boosh. Yeah, the thing San Diego, you get an easy cab from the airport because the airport's like right next. Yeah, it's to downtown. right by the city, or it's right right by downtown. But so anyway, talk. I think uh, wait, uh, WonderCon is about what a third the size of Comic Con. Well, this is why I asked if you've ever been to, been to the other one. This is the only Comic Con I've ever been to, even though I like comics. You've never been to a comic book convention, not till this one. <laughs> this is the first time. Yes. So were you shocked and appalled by the number of nerds, or did you feel more at home, like you're like, I'm with my people? No, I was just disappointed. <laughs> I think I had built it up in my mind that it was just going to be this sort of, like, my Mardi Gras or something. Not that I don't like boobs, so I guess Mardi Gras is my Mardi Gras, but, you know, like, equivalent to that level of just amazingness. Well, I think that's why you were so disappointed, is because you'd built your hopes up. You had my high ex- hopes for a comic book my convention. Expectations That's were, so sad. They were way up on a pedestal. I, you know, I just kind of wanted to go there and gawk at a bunch of fat nerds that squeeze into like a Batman outfit. And you, then, you, and you then all the say, hot you chicks. Say, you kept saying that. but Oh, you're talking about the guys. Yeah, there yeah, were a lot of out-of-shape dudes. I knew there were going to be a bunch of out-of-shape dudes dressed as Batman and like one of the X-Men characters. But, right. but then, I mean, there were a number of hot chicks. Yes. Poison Ivies. There, I saw three Poison Ivies that were smoking. There was like smoking. a Supergirl. Because actually, I was looking at the pictures that were in the newspaper also today and yesterday. 
Yeah, I didn't see a lot of those people. Um, I saw some of them, but not all. But then I got, you know, I got to review the hot girls I didn't see. But then again, I mean, we were only there for, and that, that's why I kind of felt bad because I think there were like a few sick and wrong fans that emailed saying that uh, we'll see you at Comic Con if we run into you, we'll have a beer. But yeah. we, we were there for like that's a why I wore minute. a fake mustache <laughs> and like a big floppy, <laughs> a big hat. nose, and like dark glasses. I was incognito. So we were only there for about twenty minutes. So we ended up, uh, you know, I apologize for uh, for missing out. On, we were not uh, meeting there for some sick long. and wrong fans. Maybe next year we should get a booth. I don't know. Uh, dude, we you be... have to talk to all those people if, if you have a booth, right? You're obligated. I wouldn't mind like splitting a booth with maybe with another successful San Francisco podcast. Is there another one that I would do? Share the load. Yeah, that might be nice. Can I, would I be able to, a la Naboo, turn my back on on the on the crowd if I wanted to? I well, I think one thing you'd have to do Polaroid pictures, so you'd have to uh, take some snapshots, right? Uh, what, the if feel, what if pics. I didn't autograph? feel like it? Wackily, uh, well, you kind of have to. Could people I say, are paying thirty bucks for your autograph. Well, I'm, I don't. I'm not going to sell it to them if I. I mean, can I just have like a women only clause? You can just sit there drinking rum and cursing at people. Now you're making it sound fun. No, you know, did the one thing about Comic Con, I wasn't disappointed because I thought it was kind of funny. Although I was really hungover, so I mean, I think I was kind of. Uh, not in a state of uh, normal sanity there. Yeah, but right. anyway, I was walking around. I was entertained just because there are a lot of funny people in costumes, stuff like that. But, dude, they had the legends of wrestling there. The honky-tonk man was there. That's cool. So, Ted DiBiase. Clarify this for me. Two wrestlers qualifies there was one as other the, one the too. plural legends. <laughs> there was one other guy. I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, not Jim much Kelly. Not- Black Belt Jones? Well, he's not a wrestler, but there wasn't much of a wrestler if you can't remember. Not, not much of a legend if you can't no, remember. No, he definitely name. was a legend. But the Honky Tonk Man looked kind of cool. He just had this like frown on his face. You could yes. tell he just wanted a beer. He His body looked like he'd been honky-tonking for many a year. I also had this conception that I was going to be able to go there and get like a, you know, have someone take a picture of my camera with me and Lou Ferrigno. But right. it doesn't work like that. No. It, first of all, it's packed with people. And they, and they positioned Lou Ferrigno right by uh, Chewbacca, who right. was doing signings. So it was like this, like... Which yeah. you immediately recognized the Chewbacca guy, which was very strange to me. Dude, who doesn't know Peter Mayhew? I don't know Peter Mayhew. You would know if You knew was... him on site. You were like, hey, dude, that's the guy who plays Chewbacca. You would know if he was like a Star Trek character. Yeah, but not, not if he was a Star Trek character who character who wore like a full mask i just i just just tell me this i just heard it because is uh, peter mayhew the third person in your extending your libido trifecta (laughs) is it is it jerry seinfeld adam carolla and peter mayhew is that why you knew him on site if i think of peter mayhew i'm just gonna blow my load immediately (laughs) i know no way (laughs) but no there was like this Traffic jam of people. I mean, like, there are hundreds of people in this one area, so you can only kind of see Lou. And you couldn't take a picture of uh, with Lou um, because he wants you to buy one. That Polaroid is like 50 bucks. Yeah. I mean, if you were to to just allow you to take pictures with him, that would totally just negate the whole economic reason he's there. But it's kind of sad that he's even there to begin with. I mean, it's like, is is that what your career boils down to is that what is that what ends up happening sitting in a booth the twilight and having, of your career sitting in a booth and having like three thousand people come through and pay you fifty dollars each to take a picture with you how many are paying that much to take a picture i don't know but, but you, you know, know it was three thousand 
Although I must admit, yeah, I thought you were I thought you were respectful of Lou Ferrigno. No, I, now now you're. Now I you're, am, but it kind of saddened me because that was one of my you know my my favorite childhood actors. I, I think it's very Hulk. easy money, and then you go out to all the nice strip clubs in in the city by the bay and have a nice dinner, and then you go back fly back to Los you Angeles. You got to admit, he looks good for his age, though. Oh yeah, better than me. Yeah, no, he he could kick both of our asses at the same That's time. True. The yeah. Soup Nazi was there. Yeah, Soup Nazi was there, too. I didn't know about that movie that they had been promoting, Kick-Ass. Oh, yeah. I didn't, hadn't even heard of that movie. I don't yeah, know I've how I it. missed that. It's supposed to be... I mean, the comic is supposed to be pretty good. I don't know if the movie's going to turn out good or what. Well, but. it seemed to be a pretty big deal. They had their own booth for it there. There are actors from the movie that were there. Really? Yeah. No, they uh, they debuted it, like, Friday night, I think. Oh, I didn't notice any of the actors. But the, So the story of Kick-Ass is... What is it supposed to be? Just these nerdy high school students that well, form a, a militia no, just, and start beating up bad students. guys. I think it's adults and high school students, and there's like a little girl. So Nick uh, Cage is going to be in it, which does not bode well. What you, uh, Nicholas Cage is in it. I don't know if he has a major part, but he's like the dad of the little girl who's who's one of the. So what are they? A bunch of like uh, social retards that get picked on and eventually are like, I've had enough. A la Straw Dogs, and then uh, ends up donning a costume and going out. Yeah, I think so. And being vigilant. I haven't, I haven't actually read the comic book, so I'm I going see, based on pure conjecture and like hearsay. I was thinking that they were starting like their own like Michigan militia and were fighting like you know yeah. starting, starting their own hero community. I can or see something. how you would think that. Maybe you're right. I don't know. We we're gonna have to watch it and say, but yeah, you, you know that might be sort of along the lines of what's happening. Well, if they do start a militia. I kind of hope it's kind of like the Christian militia that was just uh, arrested in Michigan. You hear about them? Yeah. Great I, name. How do you pronounce it? I've been trying to figure I that say out all Hootery, week. Because it reminds me of Hooters, the restaurant. <laughs> and I, and I, at first when I read that, I was thinking, wow, they must hang out there all the time. But no, it <laughs> Why actually wouldn't you? It has a different meaning. It's spelled differently, too. It's not, it's not glorifying Hooters. It's actually um, a Christian name like they're huh. like hootery is the, like the christian warriors like warriors of christ i think it's like hatari because isn't it like a hatar like some turkish warrior or anti-turkish warrior or something like that from like the 1600s i'm just gonna call them the hooters, the hooters. just because it's easier for me than saying hutare but the like, hut the hatari could be like you know the minions of jabba the hut I guess it could be. I like how uh, you're, you're weighing, throwing out the Star Wars references now. Uh, Star Wars is my area, okay? Area of expertise. I always thought it was mine, but now that I know you recognize <laughs> Peter Mayhew on site, no, you're, you're I probably I can't right. believe you're going to get your nerd badge revoked because you don't know who Peter Mayhew is. I just oh, Now I do. I mean, Dude, I saw there are him. sick and wrong fans forget. right now vomiting into their cherry Cokes. <laughs> 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 into their Darth Vader-shaped coffee mug. <laughs> Yeah, Just you're probably aghast. Right. Yeah. So uh, what we're talking about here, the Hooters um, live in Detroit, and they'd say they're members of an extremist militia group that were recently arrested, and eight members were arrested, and they're being tried on accusations of plotting to kill police officers and waging a war on the U.S. government. They don't live in Detroit, right? They live outside of Detroit. Adrian, Michigan. So it's yeah, like, this is way uh, outside of Detroit. Adrian, Michigan's what, like 45 minutes out, an hour outside of Detroit? I want to say like an hour and a half. So members of this Midwestern militia group called the Hooters um, plan to kill a police officer in Michigan, and this is alleged, but, and, then, uh, a ba- and then ambush the funeral procession using improvised explosives. Mm, the IEDs. So they're taking cop killing to a no- whole other level. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, cla- they're classifying IEDs as weapons of mass destruction now, which isn't really true. How, they that, do- how IED would kill what? Like two people? Well, I mean, if there's like 10 people in a truck, it'll kill them all. But I mean, it's not like a poison gas that you like lay down over a whole city. They're, they're doing it to sort of like boost the stats of terrorism, I think. But yeah. that's a bad news if you're trying to use an IED to kill a bunch of cops because now they're going to like – now they're going to – yeah. Now they're going to say like you're officially a terrorist. Well, it's on a the terrorist lo- act on our domestic soil. Yeah, and they're going to treat you like you're Osama bin Laden when they get you. Well, that's what they said here. Um, each, was, each defendant was charged with a firearms offense that carries a mandatory five-year minimum prison sentence and with attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction, hmm. which carries a potential life sentence. Yeah, see? So defense lawyers are asserting that their clients should be granted bail, arguing that possessing weapons and voicing opposition to the government is not illegal, <laughs> which it isn't. No, it's, it's the not. cornerstone of a militia's existence. This country was founded by militias. That's I mean, and, and that, that's the thing. It's like everyone always hears this term militia, and a lot of people are like, oh, crazy Americans, mm-hmm. you know, banding together with their arms. And, and, yeah, other and countries don't really have militias, do they? Well, the Taliban somewhat is kind of a militia. I mean, it's a religious. The guerrilla force? Is that the same thing? More or kind less. Of. But I mean, these are like. The shining path in Peru. The thing is, I think those people are trying to, like, you know, foster a revolution. Uh-huh. And it's like a revolution. I think uh, most of these Because they think the government is corrupt. Yeah, well, I think most of the militia members here are just kind of like, they form under the veil of it's the last line of defense. It's like citizens defending their land. Yeah, I think it's one of those, uh, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other, or that sort of thing. The militia movement dates back to the American Revolution. Remember when we kicked the limeys out of here? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, took this... With the help of the French, by the way. (laughs) You know, all, but, the, for um, all the French bashers forgot about that. The colonies uh, had their own uh, militias, and uh, it, they called them citizens' militias. And uh, now it's like there's the constitutional militia movement, uh-huh. which arise during like the mid '90s, right? Kind of the reawakening of militias during, uh, you know, with when, out, of, out of the aftermath of Waco yeah. and Ruby Ridge. Yeah, those yeah. are the people that think that. Um, like guys with wooden teeth have anticipated all the issues that we would be dealing with now. And so that document they wrote way back then, like cannot be altered in any way, shape or form. Well, they're also like the people who, you know, have the, all these insane conspiracy theories. And yeah. That I hate distrust that. You know, the government, I feel about conspiracy But, uh, They've been defined as a constitutionalist private army that meet regularly to practice combat skills and discuss weapons. They're a social group with a distinct territory and, uh, and they're anti-governmental in outlook. Are Nothing they... wrong with any of that in my mind. No, I mean, you can be anti-governmental as long as you're not killing police officers. You can have guns. You can go shoot guns with your friends. You can shoot, sit around, drink beer, complain about the government. All this sounds fine to me. Uh, they may have an offensive paramilitary and or defensive orientation depending on the circumstances. Uh, the militia is a body of private people who respond to an emergency threat to public safety, usually one that requires an armed response, but which can also include ordinary law enforcement or disaster responses. Mm-hmm. So they, how is this different from like a volunteer fire department? Well, there's a volunteer fire department. It's like a volunteer have, police department. But these guys are paramilitary in a sense. I mean, they, they get together, they all go out in the woods, wear camouflage and shoot guns, practice uh, shooting arms. Sounds fun. I think yeah. I think my problem begins with the conspiracy theories, and then you know armed armed action based on said conspiracy. Theories. Well, I think I think what it is that differentiates these different groups is their ideology, and like it dates back. There's been many famous militias in U.S. history. Uh, 
the Minutemen. Uh-huh. Uh, they were one, and they actually exist today. They patrol the U.S.-Mexican border. Right. And, and by uh, patrol, you mean sit in a lawn chair because their fat asses like, are going to have a stroke if they walk around in the heat? Armed with binoculars and rifles, sitting in lawn chairs, yeah. waiting until they see a Mexican, and then, uh, yeah, turning over to the U.S. Border Patrol. So, you know, diabetes, their duty. <laughs> diabetes like ruins your eyesight. So I hope I just am not walking around and I like have a tan down there and the dude like wings me in the arm or something. Just is... don't wear a sombrero. <laughs> I will not. I'll, you'll never see me in a sombrero. Another famous uh, militia you might have heard of is the Ku Klux Klan. That's a militia, huh? Yeah, they're considered to be a militia. A hate group. A militia full of hatred. A hate group a militia slash militia. Uh, the Symbionese Liberation Army, uh, the uh, the group that kidnapped Patty Hearst. And they, they started up here. They started yeah. in uh, the Bay Area. I never understood that. I mean, shouldn't they be in Symbia? <laughs> there actually the fuck- is no... Uh, you know, it's it's uh, I think it's an acronym based on the writings of their batshit crazy leader oh his there, there's is... no actual like country called symbia yeah we tried to figure there are this no out symbionese people yeah i was reading about it <laughs> well and... how are they going to be liberated if they don't exist maybe he was planning on making his own country or something eh, that's a well point. so one of my and one, another famous uh, militia that you might have heard is the michigan militia so they're saying i read this article here they're mentioning that during george bush's presidency uh the the militia movement and the uh, rage on behalf of the right just kind of settled down. Mm-hmm. Everyone was kind of mellow during those years because they're like, you know what? We have this conservative president. He's uh, kicking some Iraqi ass right now. He talks to Jesus on a daily basis. You know, America. Gets his advice from Jesus. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And, and he was religious. I think he they, likes to chop wood for the cameras, at least, even though he's like from fucking the Ivy League, fucking North, Northeast. You know, I, they said that the uh, they, they weren't cracking down on the patriot movement as much, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they were less willing to commit senseless acts of violence. Maybe also... Even think- though the Patriot Act specifically cracked down on, like, p- personal freedoms. Well, do you think it was uh, also... They were confused uh, by the name. But do you think it's also the aftermath of 9-11? Like, after 2000, you know, after, uh, you know, 9-11 occurred, they're just like, America's under attack. We don't want to cause trouble, even more trouble on our own land. Maybe. I, I kind of guess. I, mean, they, I guess that these people would have been more like, that's why I hate New York. I'll never live there. <laughs> Thank God I'm in Michigan, <laughs> where there's no building above three stores tall, and even that three-story building's too goddamn tall, and I'm going to fucking bomb the shit out of it. Well, they said that uh, George Bush, a new conservative president in the White House, seemed to mollify the rage on the right. I think it's funny how Bush managed to satisfy the right-wing nutters and the religious whack balls. It's great. He had that uh, calming effect right. of the retard. He could just calm retards. Are, I it's mean, nice. are you saying, like, I mean, he was a friend of, like, the neocons who tended to be Jewish, <laughs> like Wolfowitz, yeah, Perlman, no, well, yeah, and the, all those guys. But then he. The pro Israeli uh, movement. And they're, they were all Ivy League, too, right? They're all out of, like, Yale and the Chicago School of Law. They just Economics supported his and all view that. on Israel. But then he could talk country or whatever you know and then and then he, the militia people would also and he had him. the support of the religious right too yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying he just kind of covered all his bases well the fact of the matter is the uh the militia movement is no longer resting they're no longer reserved they're no hmm. longer settled down why would that be the fire-breathing seditionists and hate mongers fueled by a bad economy Really? Election, yeah, bad economy. I could see that. The election. Oh, look at look at the uh, devastating effects it had on Michigan. Yeah. 
Hurricane Katrina probably pissed yep. them off a little bit, but what would really piss those people off? I would be willing to wager the election of the first African-American president. oh <laughs> That's not going to go over well. Uh, I don't think it's, it's, you know, not only is he black, but he's an African Muslim. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were too happy about that either. That's not going to make any of those people very happy. And then the whole immigration issue is definitely not uh, sitting well with those people either. They're taking so, their jobs. Yeah. They took her jobs. <laughs> well, they said that since Obama's inauguration just last year, the, the number of militias in this country has tripled. Right. Um, the center identified 512 active patriot groups in Socialist the Socialist healthcare, that's another big thing. Right? Oh, yeah. I imagine the healthcare. Pretty well, much these people watched Red Dawn and constantly think it's about to happen. So when they think like communism is always going to take over any day now. Well, they keep saying that it's just, uh, you know, these people are all sitting here. They're like on a hotbed, like a, was it, was it a tinderbox? Yes. It's like ready to blow. Yes, they're a, just t- waiting a tinderbox. For this, a t- they're waiting for the issue that's going to cause the, uh, the, the civil war. Does this have a some- spark to set off the violence? And I'm surprised it wasn't healthcare. Does this tie into like their expectations of sort of like revelation and Armageddon and what's supposed to happen before all that bullshit happens? Well, that was the difference with the, the Hutare or the uh-huh. Hooters. Those people consider themselves Christian warriors. They felt that they were aiding the, the coming of the apocalypse. Okay. So, so they, they also were tried... fighting the federal government. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the, their anger was increased due to, you know, recent circumstances yeah. involving like the election of Obama and immigration, that the country's going to hell and, you know, uh, people are going to like, allow everybody to have abortions. Right. So they're just like bringing on civil war, which will bring on the apocalypse. Right. And they'll be Christian warriors for God. Yeah. So in other words, those people were completely insane. Well, that's very similar to Charles Manson game, yeah. his game plan, right? They probably get along. So forming a militia is pretty much as American as apple pie. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're allowed to do that. It's as American as baseball. That's what we do here. We we uh, you know keep our weapons. We uh, you know form our own paramilitary groups. We say fuck the federal government. Right. And, have a barbecue uh, once in a while. Yeah, get together, have a barbecue, drink some beer. You know, that's, that, that, that's, that's American life. So um, I was reading on the Michigan Militia website. There's a whole section about how to start your own militia. It's that easier, sounds, it's easier than I thought. Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier than I thought. They claim that the, uh, it's the, they call it how to start your own local militia unit. It's the last line of homeland defense. <laughs> so once this country is invaded by the Chinese, they're here, taken over. Uh-huh. You know, we got to trust the militiamen. That's what we got to put our faith into. Right. Are, are they going to leave Michigan and come to the aid of someplace that the Chinese would actually want? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going to have to go to Michigan. And that, and that big beer-bellied guy, you know, wearing the camo outfit with a, with a mullet and the aviator shades. Yes, yes. He's going to protect you. Well, and then there's the Great Lakes. They're sort of like nature's moat. Yeah, you, you can we'll hide over there. We'll be safe there. So if, if, you wanna, if you're interested in starting your own militia, I, I recommend you go check out MichiganMilitia.com just for a few ideas Yeah, here. give them some hits. That's <laughs> <laughs> they say that uh, the first thing to do is to establish a web page or a section on an already established web page that announces your interest. And uh, they, It's starting to sound like how to start your own podcast. <laughs> you know, that's why I was, I was looking at the analogy here and I was like, wow, it's... it's, it's so similar. But uh, they say that the, the best thing to do is start up a free webpage, a GeoCity site. 
And yeah, then, GeoCities has been around for years. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Is GeoCities when did when did GeoCities when did Yahoo take that down? To like at least five years ago. I mean, they need to put like Blogger or Tumblr or WordPress or like start a blog. Right? Well, I don't think the Michigan Militia website's been updated in about ten years. <laughs> But I always, if you, you know, I always knew deep down inside the purpose of those GeoCity sites uh-huh. to overthrow the government. Yes. Well, to keep track of people that are going to overthrow the government, you just go into GeoCities and go, oh, yeah, there's all the wackos. So it looks like you're going to have to go to Tumblr or one of those WordPress sites now, but just make a simple page which announces your intent to form a local militia unit and uh, list your email address as a contact here. You can add training and meeting info as it becomes available. But the first thing is to get start, started. And uh, Michigan Militia offers to link your, uh, your uh, militia to their, to their site here. Wow. Generous. They, they say that you should pick a simple name, such as the Berrien County Michigan Militia or the Southwest Michigan Independent Militia. Those aren't simple names. Well, I disagree with that anyway. I, I, I disagree with that just on the basis of the name. Does you that think, name incite fear? You think you should get you? something catchy and fear-inspiring? Something ominous, uh-huh. like uh, Man of War. Okay. Or Sons of Anarchy. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, it's taken, but... Well, and, and, then, and then there's like the religious affiliated groups, like Hootery or Hootare. Nobody knows what that Hooters. means. No one knows that. What about Angel nobody, Queef? And nobody, nobody knows how to uh, pronounce it. What about Angel Queef? Well, I can't say no to Angel Queef. No, I'd say that, I think that inspired... Well, not only does that... Inspire fear or awe. It also inspires confusion because they're like, angels queef? Yeah, I don't think it inspires fear. I mean, I would love to be queefed in the face by an angel. Yeah, I guess like that your breath. nice. So, say, this, <laughs> say this to your girlfriend the next time you're with her. Like, baby, your breath reminds me of the queef of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> you know you get a blowjob. But no, I, I'm just saying is I think they could be a little more creative with the names. Like... Uh, the Berrien County Michigan Militia. Yeah, yeah. Don't just name bland. it after your town, or yeah. at least make it an acronym or something like, you know, like Buttfuck. <laughs> the Berrien <laughs> Under Team to Feel. <laughs> a, a good acronym. Ultimately, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> confident, the, kicking ass. They say one of the most important things here is to find a local range where you can shoot at, or maybe announce a time that you'll be there. So get everybody together and just start shooting, because that's yeah. the first thing you need to determine if you know how to wield a firearm. Yeah, it's hard to drive five miles in any direction in Michigan and not find a shooting range. So that, that should be You can be shoot easy. in your backyard almost. Yeah, you, well, you really yeah. can. <laughs> <laughs> they say here that you don't have to get all militiaed up to go to the range. But you can announce that I'll be at the range Saturday night around 10 p.m. <laughs> in a blue Dodge with two CB antennae. Hmm. Um, so that way, anybody that uh, wants to introduce themselves, you can just kind of walk up and say, hey, I heard about you. You know, it's funny. It's strikingly similar to the, to the signals that work at a rest area. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, because don't those people go online and they're like, you know, I'll be driving a uh, you know, red Chevy and I'll be pulling up around yes. 10 p.m. I have a uh, gonna, <laughs> Detroit Tigers cap on. I'm going to... Blue Flick wind my breaker. lights twice and then uh, get together. And, and then uh, I'll, I'll go in the bathroom and tap your toe three times. <laughs> and, and the difference is you can get all militiaed up at the rest area because they'll probably aid your cause. Yeah. Yeah. Every gay dude cruising a rest area loves a military man. <laughs> <laughs> they do say that uh, they have no idea of knowing whether or not people who contact you are FBI, ATF, Interpol, 
or worst of all, some media schmuck. Is that a thinly veiled reference to us? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, we don't care if they come to our meetings, and you shouldn't either, because we don't do anything illegal, and neither should you. But assume wink, wink. that anyone you don't know is an infiltrator or an agent and act accordingly. How, how do you not know? So what do you have to do? Like, is there a secret handshake? They have patches? Like, I don't get it. I, I don't know. Don't look at me. Yeah, there, there should be a section, like, how to weed out, you know, moles. Well, I think they need to, to figure that out. How do you do that? Torture? I, I, think they, I think it's a secret handshake or a series of winks, foot tappings. There's got to be something better than that. A special duck call. There's, there's, got, there's something that works. There's got to be something that, like, a Graham, you know, would happen like a Graham Greene spy novel. Maybe know? it's the length of your mullet. See, that's too easy. <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, how the, the FBI would just figure it out and they would get that length of mullet wig. Possibly, but they could probably tell if it's a real mullet. You have to be, have, like, your wife take the prospect's daughter to the playground and then you have them being videotaped, and you know your wife's about to push your daughter, the guy's daughter, down the slide, but yet she has piano wire like about to wrap around her neck, and that's when you ask the guy like, "Are you FBI, man? Are you FBI? <laughs> Tell me right now. I got a walkie-talkie with my wife." So you got to frighten them to the point where they admit it. Yeah, or piss their pants or something, and then you know. And then you can figure it out, right? Yeah, I don't know if they pat them down for wires. I think they just kind of go in there and say, "Hey." <laughs> We're just a group of dudes that wear camo and have a bunch of firearms that get together and just hang out once a week. We're not doing anything wrong. You down with that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gu- you know, I, I wear a wire. Not guilty until... <laughs> Sometimes uh, I wear a wire just to keep warm. Until so. Uh, so they say here that the sort of thing, this sort of thing, forming a militia, requires initiative, dedication, patience, and an ability to tolerate disappointment, ridicule, and harassment. <laughs> Ultimately, though, it will be worth it. Well, one thing I do agree with with their list of uh, requirements for forming your own militia is definitely uh, you need an ability to tolerate ridicule. Because not only are you going to have podcrafters, snarky podcrafters making fun of you, on a daily basis, you see some guy, you know, wearing a bunch of camo, walking through the mall, yeah, you know, uh, sitting there yelling about the federal government. Yeah. You got to admit, if uh, you're driving by and you got a Wendy's Frosty in your hand... <laughs> Or a golf ball. Something. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, that though. That guy's going frosty. If I'm, on my, if I'm on foot in the mall, the guy's not going to see me laughing at him. No. Well, actually, you know, it's probably not a good idea to throw a frosty at some guy wearing camo. No, that would, that's a really probably bad isn't. idea. Don't do that. So people out there, we're not espousing the merits of uh, forming a militia. I'm just saying it's, a, it's a, an American right, a privilege. It's in the Constitution. Yeah. You can bear arms. Right to, right to assemble. Right to assemble. You can hang out. You can protect your land. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking there's some people out there that always wondered how you can go about forming your own militia. Um, I wouldn't, you know, make any major plans here about taking over the, uh, you know, destroying the federal government or uh, killing a bunch of police officers. But, hey, you know, get together and, um, you know, go shoot guns, hang out, listen to Sick and Wrong. What if I want to, like have a picket line if they raise the price of stamps or something like that. Can I do that? Well, is that, though, but is that a militia? Because a militia I imply... Well, a militia can do anything. implies guns, though. Once I've formed the militia, then we're going to go protest the stamp price increase. I guess you could do that. Uh Uh-huh. Are you going to go shoot, like, mailmen? No, no, protest. 
You're just going to be we out shot there protesting. Earlier today. We, shot, we got up early and went to the range and shot, and now we're protesting. And then later, we're going to go to Wendy's and, what are you gonna and call get some Frosties. Wackerly, what are you going to call your uh, militia? The Wackerly Not Funny Diarrhea Club? Yes, the moderate <laughs> militia against postal extortion. Dude, your militia would be boring and it would suck. I'm so not joining it. All right. Sorry, don't even ask me. People, this is episode uh, 221 we have here. booze. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll join just a couple nights a week. Uh, people, this is episode uh, 221 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show. Uh, we did three uh, listener stories. Uh, first listener sent a story about a Belgian sexomaniac uh, who raped his four-year-old daughter while he was sleeping. Uh, listener two sent a story about a woman who was um, shoved into a mattress coffin at the Budget Motel. And uh, listener three sent a story about a father who uh, forces kids to do a video farewell to mommy, dearest. Well, the story that came in number one in one episode 220 was the Belgian sexomaniac. Came in first place with 72 votes. Oh, yeah. That was my story, right? That was a big story. It was very popular. Second story was the, uh, the uh, Sony Millbrook in the mattress coffin. Came in with 55 votes. And uh, the third story is uh, the video farewell with just 48. Mm. So congratulations there, um, Stebby, actually. That's the guy that sent in the Belgian story. Yes, you won episode 220. Oh, Stebby. People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wackney and I just present the most disturbing news items of the week. Audience votes, we're going to get Sick and Wrong care package. You can send your listeners submission to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com or uh, just submit them directly through the forum, which is uh, linked right off the main page at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Hey, freaks, perverts, and weirdos. Want to meet some other freaks, perverts, and weirdos? Then register on the forums at sickandwrongpodcast.com. There's listener nudes, horrifying videos, and lots of stuff that'll have you pouring bleach in your eyes. Join the swarm at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, I believe you started last week, so That's let me true. kick off episode 220 with the first listener submission. Uh, this came from Paul. Paul writes, This story might explain why Africans smell like shit. Fuck you, D. Lance, you're cool. I, I agree with the last statement. <laughs> I don't necessarily know that Africans smell like shit. You're an African, technically. Yeah, I grew up in South Africa, and I don't think I smell like born shit. Born there, too, right? No, I was born oh, right, in this in country. the States, but yeah. grew up, so sure, you're African to me. Not more you're my African, I think he's you're talk- my African-American friend. I think he's talking about that, like, uh, you know, people from Northern Africa or, like, uh, Central Africa. Like from Egypt? Kenya, Ethiopia, <laughs> that type okay, of place. Got it. <laughs> But uh, it, it must be comforting to know that the uh, the racists out there like you. That's nice. Isn't that good? <laughs> it's warming. <laughs> A warming feeling. So uh, Paul sends us the story. Kenya tries new bag to solve flying toilet problem. Trials of a disposable toilet bag have been carried out by families in the Kenyan slums of Kibera. Uh, these, they're about to uh, release these these disposable toilet bags on the market, but they decided to do a test run first. What I find interesting about the disposable toilet bag that they're testing out right now, Uh obviously it's effective. You can shit in a bag. Well, no, no. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me see what I find interesting. I, I find interesting that there's an adjective in front of a word 
toilet bag. <laughs> it probably should be explained before we get into why there's a disposable toilet bag. <laughs> yeah, actually, I guess I understand where you're coming from on that. How many toilet bags do you it's want like to retain? These, these green disposable toilet bags are the newest thing in Kenya. <laughs> blah, blah, like, like, wait, wait, wait. What, start off with toilet bags. As opposed bag. to the keepsake toilet bags? Start off with the toilet bag. <laughs> I don't want to okay. know about the Simpsons-themed toilet bag. Well, apparently, Kybera, in uh, East Africa's largest informal settlement, lacks sewers and suffers from poor levels of sanitation. Yeah, those th- two things go hand in hand. Instead of using a toilet, or even an outhouse, and apparently they don't have porta potties in Africa. Resident- a porta potty is a style of outhouse, really. You know, it's self-contained. Yeah, but I mean, it's a self-contained unit, which they don't even have that. <laughs> no. Residents there, I don't know if they prefer to use, but they frequently use polythene bags known as flying toilets to dispose of their waste. <laughs> the reason they call these flying toilets is because they shit in these bags and then just toss them out of their vehicles on the side of the road. So oftentimes uh, people that are walking, you know, pedestrians will get um, smacked in the face with a bag of feces. Uh-huh. Trucker um, Paul does that. Called flying toilets. Well, but he's a- out in the middle of nowhere, though. This sounds like it's in a dense urban area. Well, I find it interesting that Trucker Paul uses a flying toilet in his truck. Yeah. So he doesn't use a, well, I guess, uh, you know, he uses a Walmart bag. Which That's, I think is the same thing as a polythene bag. A polythene bag. bag. Polyethylene yeah, the same bag. kind of thing. Yeah. So what this uh, new group here is proposing is a disposable toilet bag known as the pee-poo. This is a small. How is that spelled? <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds. Okay. It's a small biodegradable bag coated with a chemical which turns human waste into fertilizer. Uh. They hope that the pee poo will provide a cleaner, more environmentally friendly alternative to the flying toilets, which have contaminated Kibera's water sources and caused the spread of disease. Not to mention, made a lot of their denizens smell unbearable. What the hell is this magic chemical on the bag that turns, you know, virus-ridden, smelly, Ooh. toxic human shit into, like, this magical fertilizer substance? You know, I would like to know what this chemical th- is. Yeah, what, what, I mean, does it just come out looking like mulch? Uh, what, yeah, what, I mean, does does it it tur- do? is it going to turn Kenya into this side of, like, Elysian paradise? <laughs> Of like green flowers, just, just fertile and land, fertile and like land, and... abundant crops. Yeah, yeah. I doubt it. Uh, they're still going to be uh, eating goats and sticks there. <laughs> I would eat a goat. Um, he said the product was safe and easy to use. Well, it's a fucking bag that you shit in. <laughs> Come on. I know. Seriously? I was thinking. It's like how difficult could it be? Um, he also says that it doesn't smell for up to twenty-two hours. Yes. So you can use it inside during the night and the day. And then have it collected or just use it in your back garden. But after that 22 hours, it's like a Hiroshima of feces. (laughs) Seriously, dude. A Hiroshima or a Hero sandwich? (laughs) Both. So the people was given to 50 families in Kybera who tried it for a month. They loved it. Very popular. And it was much preferred than the flying toilets. Hmm. They're just like, you know what? We don't need the flying toilets anymore. Give me the people. This is oh yeah, this is confusing. I mean, are they still throwing the pee-poos out their car? Or now no, because they have the pee-poos, they just leave it in their backyard? And it biodegrades. And it becomes like... And, be, it, and that's why they have abundant crops there now. And the, it's just in their backyard. Yeah. So this guy here, Dixon Matumako... Dixon. Uh, ...was in charge of distributing... His first name. 
He was in charge. Did he have a giant pipe on wheels? <laughs> he should have. Uh, he's in charge of distributing and collecting the used bags. <laughs> well, that's the part that they like. Now, there's a thankless job. So they say that they love the product. They don't love the product. They love the fact that Dixon Bainbridge comes and collects all their shit, and they don't have to go on their own fucking like drive around anymore. Well, I think they were. He was just going out collecting the bags, distributing them, just to, and then gauging the uh, you know sentiment of the people that were using. Was he collecting the unused bags and and? He was distributing and collecting the used bags. So apparently, <laughs> so he's taking their shit away. Like, yeah, that's great. I would love it if a guy did that for me. Yeah, well, apparently, uh, they, they, maybe that's why they like the pee poo program so much. What if he comes over and like you're just about to go? You're just like, oh, oh, just wait at the door. Could you just open the bag for me and just hold it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay, you can okay, go. Okay, ready. Here See you, you later. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, the pee poo will be free or cost the same as a traditional plastic bag, which costs what in Kenya? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the currency is. The price of your child, your firstborn. So, well, what I don't understand is now that this magical pee-poo bag has been developed, why the fuck are we bothering with these wastewater treatment plants? Let's just throw all of our shit into a giant pee-poo bag. You know why I think? Because I think this pee-poo bag concept is bullshit, and I think they're just, uh, you know, conning the Kenyan government into paying money for all this. Perhaps, but at the same time, I like I like the idea of, of uh, shitting in a bag and just being able. I to like toss the it idea of house. making up a fake magical shit bag and selling <laughs> it to Kenya and saying like, "Oh yeah, it's all great. You're gonna have like it's gonna be the land of milk and honey here in 20 years." Taking you know the two million dollars they pay me and going and living incognito just, in the Bahamas and just getting a bunch of generic bags from like some plastic bag man. Yeah, yeah, no, like, they'll, say, they'll, say, they'll say Walmart on them. They, these people can't <laughs> speak English. I'll be like, yes, that says magical pee-poo bag. That smiley face, the yellow one, and the big blue W. Lance Wackerly, the pee-poo bandit. And corporate fraud. No, no, no. I'm not going to be corporate because my whole organization is going to be a non-profit. A non-profit and when, when girls ask me what I do at the bar, I'll say I work for a non-profit that helps Africans. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, it's difficult to judge a story because obviously it's, it's a disgusting idea that someone is shitting in these bags and uh, the, the whole concept of a flying toilet and the mental image of a flying toilet or the fact that they're shitting in these bags right, right. and uh, you know, throwing point, them in their point, backyard. Point. But at the same time, it's cleaning up the slums. So really, isn't the, the, all that The people bag that doesn't exist. You know what? I'm going to give this story four stars just because there was a guy that had, was in charge of distributing and collecting the used pee-poo bags. I'm giving it five because that guy did that and it was sucked for him, but he's totally conning this African country's gov- government and, and making off like a bandit, and I love him for it. So five stars right. for you, bro. <laughs> what do you have here for episode uh, 221? Quite a long introductory email, but it's probably worth reading. Um, Lori, who's from Liverpool, said she uh, seriously suspects this is an April Fool's story. Um, but it's uh, it's already the sixth when she read it, so she's fairly certain that um, you know that that maybe this is true. I'm not reading the entire email because, like I said, it's too long. But it's I will. Long. I will read the postscript. 
What's your thoughts on airports that have their name changed to honor a celebrity? It irritates the hell out of me. JFK works quite nicely, as you can shorten it to JFK. Shorten JFK to JFK. Shorten John Fitzgerald Kennedy to JFK. I think yeah. What but then we have a lot of airports that are named after uh, presidents. Most of them. Yeah. I don't know if it's most of them, but a lot. And it just sounds like an airport name, she says. JFK, yeah. But... In Liverpool, they have John Lennon Airport because the Beatles are from Liverpool, right? Or does she just hate the Beatles? I mean, come on. Liverpool is dining off the back of the Beatles too much capitalized with John Lennon Airport. Because, yeah, Lennon would be the Beatle most honored to have an airport named after him. He was a great fan of airports and would totally have been in favor of the whole massive carbon footprint corporate thing they represent. I was adding sarcasm there, which I think is what she intended. Well, I defy this bird to name a, a more famous Liverpudlian than any of the Beatles. What about Flock of Seagulls International Airport? Flock of Seagulls are from Liverpool. Yes. And, you know, seagulls. They fly. Yes. Seagulls fly high. You know, actually, I think that's kind of a good name for an airport. That actually <laughs> makes more sense than the John Lennon Airport. Yeah. Do you really think the flock of seagulls stack up to John Lennon, though, in terms of fame? I just think it makes more sense as an airport name. Well, it is a bird You know, name, flock yeah. of seagulls, International Airport. She closed it out with, it's an airport, for heaven's sakes. If you, would n- if you want to name an airport, give it its own name. Don't steal one off someone else. Like, <laughs> this is Colin the Airport or something? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? Well, I mean, what is she just she wanted just to be hi, that's the Liverpool Airport. I think that's what she wants. Just Liverpool's airport. Or maybe she's one of those, you know, like like, you know, technical Asperger's people and like I want that to be Airport 547. You know what she sounds like to me? Hmm. The Ringo she's a Ringo Starr fan. She wasn't oh a big God. she wasn't a big John Lennon fan. She always thought Ringo Starr was the most talented Beatle. She wanted to be the Ringo Star Airport. I I would travel to Liverpool just to fly out, in and out of Richard Starkey International Airport. <laughs> and Ringo Ringo had like more hits after the Beatles than any of the other Beatles. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Uh but he still seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, Oh yeah, I I'll I'll stand at the airport and greet people if you pay me a couple quid. Yeah, yeah I know. Because he'd just <laughs> fly in and Ringo would like shake your hand and You'd go have a, a pie and then fly back. I would become do that. this like worldwide destination. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ringo's great. He's so still alive, right? Oh yeah. Who who the hell would assassinate him? <laughs> no, but I mean he's kind of old. He's old. Oh yeah. The two two remaining Beatles, Paul and Ringo. All right, we're bound to the story. Jesus, that was long. Here we go. Um. Airport staff at John Lennon Airport became suspicious when they tried to check in 91 year old Kurt Willie Gerant which I suspect is pronounced Yerant because he's German. Yerant. He was wearing sunglasses for a flight to Berlin out of uh, Liverpool on Saturday. Two, the two women with him, his widow and stepdaughter, oops, <laughs> I might have just given away the story there, his wife and stepdaughter. Oh, okay, okay. That was, I was wondering where you're going with that. They said he thought he was asleep. They were arrested on suspicion of failing to give notification of a death, the police said. So wait, they brought a dead guy on the plane. Yes, and they've been arrested for it. The pair, who are German nationals but live in Oldham, Greater Manchester, which I guess must be near Liverpool if they're flying out of there. Does Manchester not have its own airport? Or is it just cheaper to fly out of John Lennon, Liverpool Airport? 
I imagine it must be. I, I, I mean, aren't those cities like sister cities or something right next to each other? I think so. I have no idea. I'm talking out of my ass. When uh, the wife was asked to describe her late husband, who she called Willy, W-I-L-L-I, the German spelling, Gitta Gerant said, he was the best man of the... I can't even do a German accent. <laughs> he was the best man of the world. Good man. I did not kill my Willy. My Willy is my God. I have loved my Willy for 22 years. Oh, God, she's full of... I share her sentiment on my... You know, I feel the same about my Willy. I thought I did kill my Willy a couple times. <laughs> and then I said to go, you know, swear off masturbating. I rubbed for a, a few weeks. layers of skin off my Willy, but I never yes. killed my Willy. It was red and raw for a couple of days. He was upset with me, put it that way. Mr. Yurant's stepdaughter, Anke Anusik, added, They would think that for 24 hours we would carry a dead person? This is ridiculous. He was moving, he was breathing. Eight people saw him. <laughs> Eight. Yeah. <laughs> the German efficiency. She knows exactly how many people saw him. I mean, you've seen the movie Weekend at Bernie's, right? It's not unheard of that you would try to pass off, a, you know, a corpse as a living person for some type of economic incentive. Well, that's not, what is their gain here? What's the incentive? I believe the cops are trying to figure that one out. I just don't understand. Like, what were were they trying to save on corpse transportation fees? How much does it cost to ship a corpse? Give me a couple seconds, and then we'll discuss that. He, he'd been treated in the hospital for pneumonia, so they knew he was, like, sick, right? He, but he was released from the hospital, the daughter says, the stepdaughter. Uh, and he was fine. If, the, if he was not fine, the hospital would not have released him. He was alive. He was pale, but he wasn't dead. Uh, she closes this out with, A dead person you cannot carry to Germany. There are too many people checking in security. How can you bring a dead person to Germany? <laughs> <laughs> I just I would like to know her objective here. I have a theory, but what is your theory? Um, I think he died. They bought him a plane ticket to go back to Germany. He was old. They knew he was about to die, right? They and wanted he wanted to... to die on German soil. Yes, the Materland, the Fat, <laughs> the Potterland, or whatever the, the Paterland. Yeah, the, the he's probably land. a Nazi, right? 90, yeah, I was 91. about to say that's why. I'd, yeah, I imagine he probably was a Nazi. He would have been twenty something in in nineteen thirty. Is that? Am I doing? When my he was a correct? member of the Luftwaffe or whatever. Yeah, or or just the the Jew torture club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I hated those militias. So he wanted to go back there, right? And. Uh, they bought him the plane ticket, and then he died. And they're like, well, this is a non-refundable fucking international flight. And now we have to pay more money to put him in a box and ship that fucking box. So they like, just decided to give him sunglasses? And if that, they're going to pull that. How did they carry him onto the plane? I, I, I mean, this is where it sort of departs from the hilarity that is weakened at Bernie's. <laughs> He's probably in a wheelchair, right? That's not super strange. Yeah, no, he probably is an old guy in a wheelchair. And, you know, when, when you get him to the plane, you can't fit the wheelchair down the aisle, so you, sit, you tell the, the flight attendants, like, could you help carry my, my, my grandfather, my father, to the, to the chair? He's very old, he's sick, he's asleep, and they're like, well, he seems like he's dead. No, 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 he is not dead. No, no. Do you think they tried to pass it off like to make it more believable by like, sticking food in his mouth and like moving his jaws? <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another uh, potato chip. <laughs> Chew, <laughs> fill, chew. His, fill his stomach and esophagus up with like German beer. Till his <laughs> oh, he loves his German beer. It's his favorite thing. So on the Sigurong star scale, I guess, I mean, it, it, you know, they're trying to pass off a corpse as a living human being. And the fact that there are two people complicit in this, mm -hmm. 
uh, two relatives too. Like they're carrying their the wife their and de- stepdaughter. Yeah, yes. they're they're carrying their deceased relatives. I imagine the stepdaughter probably didn't care as much. But the fact that the a wife, lot of this commentary comes from her that she's just she's astounded that they would be accused of of carrying a dead body. Well, I mean, what, what's their defense that he died while he was on the plane? No, they're de- <laughs> they're not they're not debating the fact that he was dead. They're debating the fact that they knew that he was dead. Okay, so the the fact that they're carrying him probably piggyback style or right. pushing okay pushing the wheelchair up there they yes they yeah. had no idea they're they're debating they're, they're uh, yeah I mean they're debating the fact that they knowingly tried to put a corpse on a plane <laughs> no, they're not debating that he's a corpse they're not saying oh he's just he's just breathing shallow he's just sleeping they know he's dead they know you he know, was dead I've been on planes several times and I've sat next to old people that I thought were dead. And I didn't say bad. anything about it. They all they all smell bad. And I mean, a they fat all, old person smells yeah. horrible. No, they all smell like Maalox and fart. And just and, dirty crevices in their skin folds. And mothballs. Disgusting. And I thought they were dead, so it wouldn't What's really... What's that thing they put on their muscles? Ben Gay? Ben Gay. Yeah, they all reek at Ben Gay. But so I, I'm looking at this old lady. I'm thinking she's dead. And I still sat next to her reading my magazine. So I don't think I would have been that appalled. If I had been on this plane, it's like, oh, really? That guy's dead? How long has he been dead? Yeah. Oh, only a few hours? That's cool. It's totally fine. Yeah, seriously. I mean, what's going to give me... What's gonna I get should me- get a free alcoholic beverage for this. I got to sit next to a corpse. What's going to get me to my Berlin S&M club faster? <laughs> if you take him off the plane or if you leave him on and let us take off? Let's take off. Okay, go. I'm giving that three stars. I'm giving it... Four, why not? I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. The final story here for episode 221 was sent in by Tom. Tom says, this has got to be more fun than shooting them. At least more sick and wrong. Love the show, guys. What he's referring to is shooting deer. Uh, DVDs show man killing and maiming deer. Have you ever shot a deer? I've never shot a deer. Neither have I. I never would shoot a deer. I just, you know, I, 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 not, not that I really uh, care all that much about deer. Yeah. Do you just, see no What are you going to do it? with it? Well, you like could a, eat it, but you can't. So yeah, right, I mean, there's no, there's no point. Uh, this happened in St. Louis, Missouri. A man from rural Illinois has been indicted on two federal animal cruelty charges that claim he possessed and sold DVDs of himself hitting, maiming, and killing deer with his vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Lee Hayne, you know, it's got to be, uh, Lee in the middle there. Yeah. You know, a a true redneck name. I bet you most, I bet you almost all militia members have the, uh, middle name of Lee. Lee or Jackson. Jackson. That's a good one too. Yeah. Um, the indictment accuses Jared Lee Hayne of selling a copy of the video and on November 12, 2009 and possessing multiple copies of the DVD, which is called. The Deer Commander Sudden Impact. <laughs> he put a colon in there. Yep. He's like the Beastmaster, but uh, he kills deer with yeah. his car. Yeah. Mark Singer was the friend to all beasts, if you remember that correctly. Yeah, couldn't he talk to them? What did he do? He had like those two rats or something, Ferrets. or gerbils. Okay. I think Ferrets. A, a tiger and a monkey. And, and a, he could just talk to them and they were his friends. I don't, I don't remember. What were the other animals? Did he drive? A car? Yeah. No, this was in the Middle Ages. <laughs> okay, so he's not really like the beast, the deer commander at all. No. They're completely separate people. I, I imagine if if the Beastmaster came to modern times, which I believe he did in Beastmaster too, <laughs> through the portal of time, he would movie. be at war with the deer with commander. With the deer commander, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so he's been on the, he's been charged with these two charges: possession, sale of depictions of animal cruelty, with the intent to place them in interstate commerce. According to the hunting and outdoor websites that were critical of Haynes' own website, DeerCommander.com, he had nobody bragged, go there. <laughs> he had bragged there. of having hit hundreds of deer with a specially armored pickup. What was this like? A deer killing machine? I'm picturing something out of the Death Race movie. Yeah. Like with spikes on the tires that could shoot out flames. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I actually like had friends in high school whose stepdads have had this sort of setup. <laughs> it's right, basically had just, these had these cars yeah, and then no, these no, it's vehicles. Just a, it's basically a full size, you know, American pickup truck, half ton, three quarter ton, bolt on, whatever. With like a big iron grate sort of bolted and or welded to the bumper. Okay, so it's just a big iron grate, but there's got to be like a demon skull no, or like spikes no, or something. Nothing? No, no. You don't need a demon skull to instill fear in the heart of a deer. <laughs> just, a, a, just a speeding truck Dude, does it enough. Yeah, but at night you get the demon skull probably like you have like – special red headlights or something in there right, and it's right, just creeping yeah. death yeah you gotta put yourself in the mind of a deer just normal headlights are extremely <laughs> fearsome so wait why would your friends drive these massive pickups well because the, here's the thing this is kind of goes along the lines of the whole anti-government thing we were talking about earlier so like you know you can only hunt during certain months and you can only hunt using certain weapons you can only kill so many deer you know, per season, hunting season, right? But if you happen to hit a deer with your car that's dry, that's ran across the road in front of your car, nobody can tell you how many times that can happen a year. So and, there's no law against hitting deer. Well, no, it was an act of God. The deer jumped in front of your car that happens to have a giant iron grate welded to the front. So what these guys do is they drive around, you know, like I grew up, like I said, not in Detroit, in a very sparsely populated area. In a rural area. town, yeah. And you're driving down a country road, nobody for miles, you see a deer out in the field, you're with your buddy, you're obviously both both drunk anyways, you say, hey, would you like some venison? And so you take a big right, speed out into the field, nail the deer with your modified car, pull the deer carcass to the street, the cops come, you say, oh, I just hit this deer right in front of my car that's modified to smash into deer. And then you get a venison whopper when you get home. Exactly. You know, I would be – I okay, first of all, if I had friends – because I remember in uh, – well, if I had friends. But when I, when I lived in Michigan, yes, one of the things – because there's nothing to do there. And I think this is kind of reminiscent of most small towns um, – you know, when, when you're driving, when you when you have nothing to do, you drive around the country smoking weed, or drinking in your car. Either Lots of drinking or, and yeah. driving happen there. Now, if I had a friend that had a pickup truck like you're talking about, or a pickup truck that Jared Lee Hayne, right? Remember, here it has, wasn't my friend; it was like my friend's stepdad. <laughs> well, if I was driving around with my friend's stepdad or my friends right, or whatever, okay, if I was enough. friends with this guy and he's just like, "Dude, check this out." We're smoking weed, and he just goes and completely eviscerates a deer with his car. Uh huh. I wouldn't hang out with that guy again. That would yeah. totally kill my buzz. <laughs> would that just totally destroy your buzz? You're like, dude, that's so not cool. <laughs> you just ripped. There's deer guts all over me now. Well, no, no, you didn't tell me you had a convertible. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a fucking Mazda Miata. <laughs> the windows are rolled up for Christ's sake. 
Well, Jared Lee Haynes says on his website that he's actually saving human lives by reducing the likelihood of deer vehicle collisions. Yeah, that's why he's selling these on his website. He's waging an interspecies war, this guy. The deer are the scourge of the humans. Um, someone here on uh, his website said there has to be something illegal about these DVDs, and I think he gives us rednecks a bad name. Not that hard to do. No. Um, on Kentucky uh, KentuckyHunting.net, uh, one member here called Haynes' website content some of the sickest stuff I have ever seen on the net. Apparently, this guy hasn't seen one guy one jar. Because <laughs> I think that's a little bit sicker than seeing a bunch of deer being run over. Another poster who claimed to know Hain defended him, saying that deer were overrunning the county, decimating agriculture, endangering motorists, and were a menace to society. Wow. Yeah. Apparently people have some strong feelings against deer here. So, you know, on the sick and wrong star scale, Wacker, I guess it's entirely subjective here. Do you think he's doing a service for mankind by ridding the world of deer, protecting you from running over a deer and possibly dying in a car accident? No, obviously Or do you think this guy is just getting a boner from running over and smashing through uh, an innocent animal? No, A, he loves it. It's fun. And B, He's videotaping it. B, he's selling the DVDs. But really, I mean, how many of these things does he sell a month? How how many a year? Five? Yeah, probably. And, and and the person who buys it's gonna pirate it and put it on fucking you know BitTorrent immediately. Well, actually, after we're done with the show, I'm gonna go on to DeerCommander.com, probably get one for myself. Okay, <laughs> give, give me one while you're at it. Here's my credit card. So I'm gonna give this a uh, four point two five, four and a half, four and a half. And um, I'll give it an extra half a point next week if I see it, and the videos are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not implying that you should send us a copy because uh, really we don't want it that much. Does he change it? We up? don't want it that much. Does he change it up where like you know he like embellishes and be like it's Star Trek week and he like dresses up in a Star Trek uniform and you know like like a Klingon outfit? Yeah, and like oh there's a <laughs> there's a Romulan deer. It's that phaser's just done, and then like rams it and. Next week, it's like, I don't know, President's Day. I wonder if he does like Ride of the Valkyries or something in the car. Or is it just just like smash after smash after (laughs) smash after smash all the same? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have to go check it out. Because if there's humor as commentary, it might be be quite good. Entertaining. I'm definitely going to do a search for the Deer Commander on YouTube. And you know, if there's not humorous commentary, maybe you need a co commentator. Uh, people, you can go vote and decide who won episode 20, 221 here, uh, com. Well, we actually got a few phone calls and some emails to get to, but before that, here's a quick word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Hey, sick and wrong listeners, this is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. Adios, lick my balls! 
So there you go, people. Go to AdamandEve.com. Just use Diddle when you check out. Get free adult DVDs. Get 50% off your purchase. And a, uh, what, a packet of lube? A free gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we can't talk about. Ariola <laughs> April. Go celebrate those nipples for April. Well, we've got a few phone calls here at the Sick and Wrong Hotline. Uh, people can call us at uh, 206-666-3846. You don't have to be drunk or high. We just prefer you to be drunk or high. Uh, you can can also, you be high on life? You can be high on life. Yeah. There you go. Or paint thinner. Uh, you can also email us at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Well, why don't we get to the first call here? This is in response to a question we asked a long time ago, I think, about what the what's the first thing Marines do or anybody in the military when they come back from Iraq or Afghanistan. I vaguely remember that. But, it was uh, a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've I couldn't said, tell you which episode that was. Hey, you, uh, you degenerates asked in like episode 190-something, what do Iraqi war veterans do when they come home and they first get home and they're like, well, now I have to go back to like a fucking mundane civilian life. Well, I was in the Marine Corps, and uh, actually next Monday will be my very last fucking day in the Marine Corps. Thank all the gods that be. But uh, I was deployed twice to Iraq, once back in 04 when we got to go kill people, and that was a good time. And then once again this last year, I just got home. Seriously, I just got back home to Tennessee about a week and a half ago. And I knew this guy was from the South. Really? What tipped you off? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I, there, there was just something, I just had this premonition, I was just thinking, there's something about this guy that makes me think he's from the South. That's gotta be, so he's he's on like a super, I mean, he's not high on life or paint thinner or alcohol or weed, he's high on, his job's almost over. He's high on post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, if you ever, He's out of the Marines. Well, he's saying he's going to be out in about three days or something. Oh, okay. So he's just stoked to get the hell out of Iraq. I mean, would you be? Well, you've quit normal jobs before, right? Like civilian jobs. Fingers extended, driving away. That's just ultimate like soul stoking right there. And like the military, I assume that's just the best feeling ever. But it sounds like though he enjoyed his first um, assignment to Iraq. So it sounds like the first time he went there, he said he had fun, he got to kill people. Yes. But then he's saying the second time it was boring? Yeah, he doesn't. He didn't specify why yet, so let's see if we can figure it out. In 04, shit was different. In 04, I got to go kill people. That was great. Got all my fucking anger out. I came home, I was fucking laid back. I fucked the shit out of my girlfriend who didn't dump me on that deployment. Had a damn good time. Drink, you know, a lot of beer. Had to just come home and relax. It was awesome. This deployment, though, shit in Iraq was so fucking gay. We couldn't kill anybody. Blah, 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 blah. Be nice as a civilian. Make friends as a civilian. Be like, fuck that shit. You know, I did not join the goddamn Marine Corps to go make fucking friends. Yeah, how can you go and tell, like, doesn't that go against everything a Marine stands for? It's like, hey, you know what? Just be really cool and be nice and... These guys are your friends. Right. They're, you know, they, I know they, you're uh, a trained killer. They all <laughs> retrain as MPs or something. I know what you do for fun is kill brown people, but don't. Yeah. Just just be cool and then, and they're friends and uh, you know, go play chess with them, drink some tea. I think we need a, we need a fifth branch of the military. We need like the international police force. America yeah. fuck yeah, police people. 
And you, so you send in the, the Marines to fuck shit up and bomb the hell out of everything. Wasn't well, that what Marines do? Marines don't go there and, like, you know, give people sponge baths. No, and then you get those assholes out of there, and then you send in, like... And then send in the Peace Corps. Then you see, like, That's op- what they should do. Officer McFeely. I don't think the Peace Corps was set up to do that. Well, I mean, whatever. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta crack a couple heads. When you need some ass kicking, you call the Marines. I can imagine they must have been bored to tears. Yeah, when you need to keep order, you call the whatever this fifth branch would be. And called. they're not even allowed to drink there, are they? He said they drank quite a lot of like, uh, beer. Yeah, I think. Oh, they, they I mean, you saw the Hurt Locker. They were getting wasted. Yeah, remember? I guess they were. Remember that wasted. gay wrestling oh, yeah, scene? Wrestling fueled around. by Jim Beam. That. Yeah. That'd be cruel, unusual punishment to like abandon someone over there and then uh, not give them any alcohol. Yeah, even that dude. We we know some British. No sex, guy. no beer. We have some British listener who lives in like Abu Dhabi or, or where does he Dubai. live? Dubai, Dubai, Dubai. And uh, even he can drink like when he's in the green zone. You know, like the 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 UK compound. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's certain areas you yes. can drink. Yeah, Westerners need alcohol. But yeah, no. I mean, we have to. It's like, how, how do we live? Yeah, we're not we're not like diddling little boys, or you know, you know. Whatever, but who knows what we would be doing if we were sober twenty four hours a day? That's why we need alcohol. Moving on. How well did I join the fucking gay ass Peace Corps? So now I come home I and totally I come agree home with you. stupid shitty. The Marine Corps is not worth putting up with unless I get to go kill people. In no way, shape, form, or fashion it was any of the, the last year of my life worth a damn thing it was a complete and total waste because i did not get to kill anybody did you learn touch typing <laughs> because that's a skill you can use to get a job so now i'm just fucking full of anger and all i want to go do is be a cranky veteran and hurt people and make people feel bad about themselves for being fat sacks of shit like you see in this world today the worst fucking part was i come over iraq i have to go to camp pilton in san diego california oh my fucking god i hate nothing more than southern californians those stupid idiotic lazy bums that live in that shithole god the weather never even fucking changes you can't even say southern california has weather because it's the same goddamn thing every goddamn day okay i've heard the anti-california rant before but i will bet you dollars to donuts that there are better looking chicks in san diego than there are in fucking tennessee not necessarily i mean because how, how do you even make that comparison? Do you say that the, like there's more eights in San Diego than in Tennessee, or do you say that the ten in San Diego is hotter than the one ten in Tennessee? I would say. But that, seriously, guy, did you not go to the beach and see those fucking thong bikinis? I mean, yeah. there's a reason it's always hot out because you can always go to the beach and see those tiny, just. Little triangles covering the nipples. Little triangle covering the fucking. You know, you know what it is. He was over there so long. He needs to see a girl in a burka. (laughs) He wants to see a girl wearing a sheet. He's been turned. I know. (laughs) So you gotta get used to that, man. I gotta murder people and see chicks in burkas. That's all that turned me (laughs) on. The girl's not wearing a sheet. I'm not getting a boner. Wow. I think he needs immersion therapy. Somebody needs to like. Strap him to a lawn chair on the beach in San Diego. Clockwork Orange-style eye-openers. Just be feeding him Coronas and margaritas until he gets a boner. And, like, just strippers dancing and in front of him. And fake titties everywhere. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I prescribe. I hate it. God, I hated it. I was just so fucking angry. I went to the goddamn strip club. I don't know how many times. My girlfriend, of course, done me this deployment. Fucking horse. I, you know, I didn't better trust women anyways. Okay, so you... He just has a hatred of women thing going on, which which you would think you would just fuck all those whores a lot and grudge fuck them. 
So I had a, a day with a whole, you know, stripper, blah, 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 wasted some money there, wasted money here and there. I don't know. So I, I'm back in Tennessee now, so I'm just now I'm just going to be an alcoholic, and that's been working out for me pretty well so far. Good job. Except for the fact I've gotten sick twice in the past week and a half I've been home, but only because I was, you know, weakened by the non-weather of Southern California. But, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, what we do when we come home is we're either one of two things. You're either kind of calm down and relaxed because you had a good time and you got to go hurt people, or you come home and you're so full of fucking anger and pissed off because how much you hate the Marines and you hate having to put up with all that stupid shit with no fucking reward. I swear to fucking God, people who want to join the military to go, like, do service and help people, they're fucking faggots. What about you can become a politician like John McCain? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I like this guy better. You can run on that platform. I, see, that's my problem with the politics. Is I want to vote for a guy like this. Like, the military is bullshit. Serving as a politician is bullshit. It's fucking faggot shit. And I, but I would be like, I want to vote for that guy, but he doesn't want to run because he thinks it's faggot shit. This uh, guy should start a militia. 22. He should start a militia. He doesn't like people that much. He should get another stripper girlfriend. Is what he should do and keep drinking. So kill people and cause hate and discontent. So, anyways, I hope that somewhat answers your question. If not, you can probably just, uh, you know, answer your, ask me another question on the next like episode two or the fuck whatever you're on at this point. Maybe I'll call back in another month and I'll leave you another rant. Anyways, enjoy. So, I think you did. stay uh, sick, and I guess I'll say one for Lance so you can stop feeling so fucking left out, you fucking pussy. Stay wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, I would say he did answer a question. Um, I think, uh, yeah, when you come back, you're bitter. (laughs) Yeah, when you come back, you're bitter, you become an alcoholic, and you hate women for about, what, six months till you finally have to get laid? I think it's when you finally get laid, then you're like... I think he got laid and he didn't enjoy it. You know, he's like, I was fucking a stripper. No, he's but... at a strip club. It's like he was tantalized by these women that he probably he couldn't He said he bang. dated a stripper. Oh, when he first came back? Yeah. But he's oh, okay. like all bitter about it. Like, dating a stripper is cool. Yeah, no, I, I imagine... Yeah, don't, don't marry a stripper. <laughs> that's not cool. But to date one for a little while, that's good. I, you know, when I came... If I was ever in the military and I came back, it would be like rumspringa for an Amish person. I'd be going out and I'd be like going to as many strip clubs as I can. Yeah. Um, smoking you know, tons of meth. Smoking. I think that's what they do. <laughs> that's what those Amish do on rumspringa. So the military makes you bitter. And a misogynist. Thank you. And an alcoholic. But so he did But I, I find it interesting that like moving back to Tennessee is maybe going to be better than living in San Diego. Maybe I mean San Diego's full of so many Marines and Navy people though. Maybe you just got probably away. less competition there. Come up to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> become become Wait, a gay. He's in the Marines, <laughs> not the Navy. Yeah, right. Well, what do we have for call number two? Sick and wrong. This is Trey from Davie, Virginia. I was just listening to the story about the girl that shit, you know, on herself in the bathroom, the hot one. But, uh, I, and he, uh, D, I think, said that, uh, I can't be too drunk to miss the toilet. You remember that story? So, so that was a Las Vegas bartender, like the hottest girl you'd ever seen, came in and was doing tons and of defiled shots. his bathroom floor. And then still, guy still said he was still gonna fuck her. Yeah, and I think we said like, how do you miss the toilet when you're taking a shit? Yeah, that's I think that's what we're talking about. Well, my mother was cool with us smoke with me smoking pot in the house, but wouldn't let me drink alcohol. And uh, before she came that's home, weird. me and this girl were fucking killing the bottle of uh, some. 
some bottom shelf vodka. And uh, we Smirnoff? Dude, I see that in there on your shelf. <laughs> I don't think Smirnoff is middle shelf vodka. <laughs> bottom shelf vodka is like pop off or um, Taka. Yeah, Taka vodka. That oh, is bottom shelf. It's like five bucks for a half. Or like that coal filtered vodka that you know is just gonna like burn your esophagus and just rot your teeth. Horrible. We're sitting on the couch and she comes in and we're sitting there for about ten minutes and then my girl gets up and she goes into the laundry room and shuts the door. My mom looks at me. What is she doing? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. So I went in there, opened the door. Fucking girlfriend is squatting in front of the washing machine, taking a piss. <laughs> Dude, I got in so much trouble. My mom found out we were drinking. Uh, it's just sick and wrong, man. I just just had to call. You just made me remember it, man. But anyway, keep it sick, keep it wrong. Lance, uh, happy birthday, brother. And uh, have a good one, man. Later. Yeah. <laughs> Belated, but about still three works. Weeks old. <laughs> Sad on it. So. So it's you, not his problem. It's our problem. You know what's kind of funny is that, and I, I've dealt with this before. Girls, even more than guys, will piss in undisclosed locations. They like the, in other. They will piss in places other than the toilet. Have you noticed that? You mean drunk? Yeah. No, I haven't. I think intoxicated women are more prone to pissing on like your in your closet or on your nightstand or on your collection of penthouse magazines more so than a dude or on your Xbox. Oh well, uh, that was yeah. <laughs> I was led to believe that you pissed on my Xbox. Are you saying that some hussy pissed on my Xbox? All right, I was staying at your house and I had a little party with a bunch of uh, cheap women. <laughs> I believe no. we lived together at the time, but yeah, uh, no, I, I, I in our in our in our bachelor. Of I'm fun pretty days. much I pretty much pissed on your Xbox. I was wasted, but I was really wasted. But I I'm feel saying, that you're protecting some woman's identity, and I will find out, D. Simon. I'm saying it's happened to me with three different women that I've uh, associated with that have actually urinated in random locations. So not just pissing the bed, but getting up and pissing on something like in a plant. Yeah, in a plant or on a table. And, you know, uh, Big Jeff had a friend that's done this. Uh, uh, Pat. I've been with girls. I mean, <laughs> okay. you know, P-Town's had a couple girls yeah, that have, yeah. I've that have done this, this too. I've heard these stories. All I'm saying is that when you drink with girls, be wary. Yeah. And especially, put a diaper on them. Yeah. Put a diaper on them. <laughs> I think that's what you need to if do. I'm going to drink with you. You're going to be wearing this. But what what's funny about this, this story is the fact that this guy was a, obviously a minor... And he's drinking with his with his lady or his girlfriend in his parents' house. And his mom comes home from the Walmart. From what were they like? Did they stay home from school or were they home during the day? Like I maybe it was a weekend. But I mean, do you, did you ever get shit faced, wasted in your parents' house while your parents were there? Or like, there's a possibility they could come home? No, never, never. I mean, I smoked weed. I smoked a lot of weed around my parents. But then you just kind of act goofy and silly, and they're just kind of like, as long as they don't smell it, especially <laughs> if your parents are kind of oblivious anyway. Like yeah. My parents were I never think that stoners. Works with your parents. Well, my, my parents were never stoners, but they'd be like, oh, he's just acting silly and laughing at me. Oh, silly. Yes. Yes, very funny. That was a very funny statement that I said. And he thinks those bear claw slippers that I'm wearing are funny. Yes, they are very funny. But no, you know, my dad would never, I don't think he ever caught on that I was high. But if I was 
wasted, blotto drunk, you know, slurring my speech. Yeah. He knows they, that they would have known. Like. Yeah, and I think most parents do. So this guy was walking a razor's edge. Yeah, and he apparently was maintaining composure, but then, you know, oh, shit, my girlfriend's pissing in the dryer. Yeah, like, I wonder what you really say. You open the door, and it's just like, there's your girl just squatting on the ground urinating. You hear it first. You hear that. Do you think your mom would allow you to date that girl again? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe, though. My mom wants grandkids. And now that I'm 35 and she still doesn't have them, she probably wishes she wasn't so, you know, objecting so strongly to this. She should have let you get bitches drunk when you were younger in her house. Really? She should. It's a lesson to her. You might have had grandkids when uh, you were 15. That'd be nice. And you know, uh, in this life, you can't go back. So you (laughs) fucked up your chances, mom. People call the Cigarong Hotline, 206 666 3846. We do always love to hear from you. Got a couple emails, and then we got to get the hell out of here. So, uh,. People email us at cigarongpodcast at hotmail.com. First email came in from Lloyd. Lloyd says, All right, fucking Wackerly. Enough is enough. Have you fucked the RoboCunt yet? Inquiring minds need to know. Mm. Kind of put me on the spot here with this one, eh? So, <laughs> Mr. So, Simon. So what happened, Wackerly? Did you fuck the RoboCunt? You know, I hooked it up... <laughs> I downloaded the software. So are you saying by hooked it up, you lit the scented candles, you put on the Barry Manilow album, you put your special LW robe on. I drank some Cavassier. Some Cavassier. <laughs> White wine spritzer. And so you prepared yourself mentally for self-love. I registered my account. <laughs> I plugged it in. I even inserted the lube. And <laughs> You even went so far as it, did you break the thing? No, I didn't break it, but it's it's slightly broken. I'm not going to say it's like it's it's slightly broken to the point that there's like it's there's a, like a a track that's off a wheel and it's pretty noisy because of it, and I I didn't want to stick my dick in it. Were you, I thought, wait, it would, wait, I thought your... I would have a mangled dick and I'd be the guy going to the ER with a mangled dick cuz I fucked a RoboCunt. So were, are you saying like your dick didn't fit in it? It was well, it, it just... I'm saying that. Yeah, I am saying that. <laughs> so wait, what happened? You like pulled it out, you turned it on, it was making a weird noise, and it scared you off? It was making a weird noise, and uh, you can kind of like take the top off and see in it, and it's like obvious that like this little part... Were there teeth or something? I don't there understand are teeth. this. There are teeth. <laughs> okay, so there's like what? And there's like, a, oh, there's like a whirling... Like track, like a... Tra- like a tra- tra- yeah, like a tank tread that goes around the wheel with the teeth... And it's like flying willy-nilly through the middle of the thing. So you're just like, that's going to rip off like it seven like layers of mangler. skin. It looks like a dick mangler, yeah. You're going to pull out your dick and it's going to look like the guy from Hellraiser. Yeah. It looked fun. I wished it wasn't broken. And I, I honestly had a huge boner and sat there and tried to fix it for like 40 minutes. <laughs> Did you and I was w- like, it's not happening. Did and you then I just had to do porn? it like the old-fashioned way. Did you watch the porn that, you, that, that, that was I did on watch the porn. I did the old-fashioned way to the porn I was watching. But it was crazy because you can see that the thing like simulates the motion of the porn. And, and actually, they have porn by Avina Lee, which is like one of my favorite porn stars, which is what I was watching. And so I was very disappointed that like I wasn't able to test the thing out. So it was a faulty uh, RoboCunt that you received. It's probably yeah. a good thing you didn't stick your dick in because it could have got ripped off and you could be a eunuch right now. It's probably a good thing that the thing was broken because I could like be like in my house emaciated <laughs> with like all the so, like you know like lost my job and lost my girlfriend and like 
not picking up calls from you and be like three weeks without you know doing the show and i and i'd finally track you down and it's like like a junkie with your heroin needing your fix yeah it's like you're clutching that robocop i would just i would just I would, I would be like a i would be like a mummy just moisture free because all of it was expelled through my my penis. Well, I think you should send it in to the elves that work at Real Touch, and maybe they'll fix it for you, or maybe uh, replace it. But I people- don't know. It's like uh, one like I've never been skydiving, but one time I tried to go, and we couldn't find the place, and like we drove around for hours and hours to try and find it, and like we all started. Fi- I was going with a couple other guys, and we all started fighting, and then like we never found it. We ended up going to Denny's and going home and being just disappointed and getting drunk. And like, I'll never fucking go skydiving because the ordeal just was so, soured the experience. It took so it's much really... effort for nothing. And like, that's kind of what I feel about the rope for the real touch fake vagina. All right. All right. I mean, you know, maybe if uh, they fix it and send another one, we'll uh, do a competition and send it to a listener. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back to you. And if you want to send it back and you want to fuck it, you can tell me what you think about it. Dude, I do not want your sloppy seconds there. Where I didn't put my dick in it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just lube. I put the I'm sure lube in it. It's covered in your pubic mound. It's disgusting. <laughs> you can expect it. It's pube free. People. And I have a huge pubic mound. So <laughs> if I use it, there'll be pubes all over. Girls love a huge pubic mound on a guy. People go check it out, Robe or uh, Robocunt.com. Oh, that's Real good. Touch. That's a good site. Realtouch.com. You can order your own. I'm not quite sure exactly how much it costs, but uh, you can go to the site. And uh, if you if you don't even want to order a Real Touch, why not go check out the point of view porn? Because there's a lot of porn stars on there. All you have to look at is Avina Lee. Yeah. I liked so, her better when she had braces, but she's recently got them off. So there you go, Lloyd. Wackerly was about to use the RoboCunt, and uh, he was worried that he was going to have his dick ripped off, so he did not. It's a big worry. Yeah. No, I would have been concerned, too. I mean, it's, it's a piece of machinery you're sticking your member into. So the second email we got came from Dusty. Dusty writes in, Hey, guys, it's me. Long time no talk. Anyway, I went to Hawaii, and I have something to share. Me and my dad was seating, were, were seated by the beach. He actually says was seating, but I'm going to say we're seated by the beach. Uh, there was this fat chick. I mean, she must have weighed 450 pounds. Jesus. She was wearing a top which, you could ba- which barely covered her nipples. Oh, that's nice. So this cop came by on a bike and saw her. He drove up to her and uh, asked her, Ma'am, do you have a bottom on? She looks at him with an evil look. And pulls up a slab of fat that was hanging almost to her knees. I can see where this is going. In the end, she did have a bottom on. That- it was invisible to all. <laughs> As were her asshole and genitalia. So she did actually have a bottom, but it was covered in layers of fat. <sighs> of girth. He said it was like that movie Norbit. Which I don't quite remember. Is that the Eddie Murphy movie? I think so, yeah. He goes, have a great, plan- great night. I planned on sending more stories in if you put this one on the air. That was a good one. That was a good do, story do there. Do send in more. Call Dusty the in. Farmer. You sound yeah. like a good... Uh... Actually, next time, Dusty, call the Sickerong Hotline. We like to hear uh, naked fat chick stories, or at least half-naked fat chicks. So, uh, people, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you join up with the Sick and Wrong Forum. There's been a lot of action on the forum recently. You know, I kind of like when people go on the forum and they revive old threads. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's almost like a history of the inner tubes. Because, like, all the memes that came out in the past year, two years, this forum's been around, they're on there. They're yeah. just buried. Right. So it's funny when someone revives an old thread. Like, I was looking at one called, um, I think it was a thread that I actually posted originally called Awkward Boners. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. You remember that one? Well, I've seen that one. That it's just a bunch of up, pictures yeah. of dudes in like circumstances where you shouldn't get a boner, but they have a boner anyway. Right. And so people took pictures of guys with boners, which that's what I like about the internet because they have websites dedicated to people who take pictures of people with awkward boners. Is it awkward that I have a boner right now? If I had a camera, I would take a picture of that boner. We were and I'd just post talking. It on that we were just site. talking about the real touch. It just happened. I think I think you got a boner because you're thinking of guys with awkward boners. No, no, it's the real touch. I assure you. Or you're thinking about men's pubic mounds. Just to get a little bit bigger, though. Anyway, people, go sign up on the Sick and Wrong forum, and you can check out some of the older threads, which are also as entertaining as some of the newer threads that are on there right now. Because right now, there's a lot of nudity on that forum. You notice that? Yeah, I know. So, uh, people, go check it out. You can uh, go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on forum. Go right to the Sigurong forum. I'm not going to name names, but yeah. Nudity. Yeah, there's some nudity. Uh, actually, you don't even need a real touch to get off. You can mm. just go to the Sigurong forum. <laughs> it can't hurt. It can't <laughs> hurt. <laughs> People, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes. That is one of the best ways and easiest ways to support us. I mean, you can leave us a Randy comment. You can give us a five-star rating. But if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, it boosts our ranking and exposes Sick and Wrong for the world to see. We appreciate that. Also, make sure you buy a Sick and Wrong tea from the Sick and Wrong store. I just have to say this, though, announcement here. I'm almost out of the current design. Oh, my God. And I only have a few larges and some extra larges left. I'm completely out of mediums. I know a couple of people ordered mediums. They're on back order. I'm going to be printing up some more shirts. I don't know if I'm going to use the same design. I think I might switch it up a little bit. Yeah. But right now, we're almost out of the current Sick and Wrong t-shirts so if you want one go buy one yeah if you want one right now go to sickandwrongpodcast.com click on store and support the show get a sick and wrong tea right finally here sick and wrong song of the week came in from checkpoint the checkpoint writes how many people on this forum are doing each other's moms and she uh sent in a song called doing your mom Hmm. i never heard this song they're kind of like um i would say this group is kind of like like a shitty beastie boys like if the beastie boys just sucked they'd be like this group but i like the song it's called Doing Your Mom. It's a good song, but you don't like the band. Well, I'm just saying they kind of just sound like shitty Beastie Boys. All right, got it. A Checkpoint writes, I love you guys. I've been killing time to your podcast for like a year and a half. I'm probably one of the only lesbians to listen to your show, but I thought you'd like to know that liking your podcast is practically a requirement for a lady I may date. <laughs> That's a bad sign. I keep meeting the I can has cheeseburger and cute overload types. Not okay. Say that's a, that's a, those are two types of lesbian or the same type of lesbian? I'm not sure. I think what? it's a, a certain Ones that type like of cutesy cute lesbians. Yeah. Hmm. They're probably like, I bet you it's like they're probably feminine. She probably wants to meet more of a butchy type of lesbian. Yeah. You know, like uh, the kind with like tattoos on her arms and like muscular, buzz right. cut, some girth. Bit of facial hair. Some girth. Yeah. An imposing presence. A butchy lesbian. That's probably yeah. what she's after. Not to, not the cute little, you know, wearing a little backpack and like, uh, you know. Uh, uh, like uh, fake uh, fuzzy cat ears. Yeah, fuzzy cat ears. Fuck that's that what I was shit. thinking. You know, it's probably. It's just I want somebody boring. to strap it on and like give it to me. Right? Dude, someone's so going to record that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm speaking as a lesbian. Are uh, going to record that too? Fuck. Checkpoint writes, stay soft, stay warm. Postscript here. Humor me with what you guys would consider good advice for a lesbian to meet another lesbian. Mm. If you do this, I'll know exactly what not to do. 
Like venues to meet other lesbians? That's what she's I think she's about. implying, where can I meet another lesbian? I would say, in my professional opinion, because I, uh, you know, I'm 35 years old. But you're not a lesbian, so. I've but you have a lot, a lot of, of chicks. You have a lot of life experience. A lot of life experience. I would say the best place to meet a lesbian is to hang out at the cat food section of the local supermarket. <laughs> Dude, that is so bound to lead to some hot and steamy scissor action. <laughs> well, how do you know you're not just going to meet a bunch of old ladies who are, who are asexual? Well, I'm saying... Comes with the terror. If you see a young one, she's probably... I'm just saying there. a young chick that's out there... Because you know, all lesbians have cats. That's true. Or, or they like cats. Or they like cats. Or maybe or they're taking care of someone's maybe cat. Maybe you don't have a cat... And the other lesbian doesn't have a cat, but she's in the in the cat food section to meet a, you know, and you can to both meet be other like, lesbians. Oh, what kind of cat do you have? And you're like, Teehee, I don't have a cat. And she's like, Teehee, I don't have a cat either. I'm just here to meet lesbians. And then you go off and Well no, they look at each other like okay, I don't have a cat, but I like pussy. There you go. I think that's what it is. I've got something to feed to your pussy, my tongue. <laughs> How about like a Subaru dealership? Subaru? What, do they drive, do lesbians drive Subarus? Yeah, like the Subaru Outback is like the most popular lesbian car. And where did you read this statistic? I don't know, in a car magazine. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, 98% of all lesbians drive Subaru Outbacks. If, if the cat food section in the supermarket is not working, you could go over to like the dental floss section. Why, why do lesbians like dental floss? Well, they, they have pubes in their teeth. <laughs> that does Constantly. make sense. That's how you know. Constant you may- hair pie in their teeth. Yeah, you probably could do the floss. The floss aisle. I would say, you know, if you don't want to go to the supermarket, is maybe join a softball team because lesbians love softball. That's true. My you know? uh, my my high school art teacher, Miss Lewin, was on the softball team and just looked like a softball player. Just just a big burly lesbian. Yeah, yeah. So maybe softball team. And finally, here I would say. Go to like a Peaches show. I've been to, I've seen Peaches three or four times, and I would say Peaches the the, the recording artist, the recording not artist, like, not Peaches, like a, not like a Peach festival. No, no, no. I'm talking like you know Peaches that teaches the Peaches, right? Um, Peaches. You go to her shows. It's seriously. It's it's like there are more lesbians in there than there are like uh, uh, there are more women in there than there are men. Lesbian. Women. And I would say all lesbians, because Peaches is a lesbian. Wall to wall. Yeah, wall to wall lesbian. The clam to ham ratio <laughs> is good for the lesbian. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not much ham there. Lots of clam. <laughs> Lots of clam. And finally, uh, the only other place I can recommend, really, for uh, meeting uh, hot lesbians is probably Sick and Wrong Forum, because we do have a few lesbian listeners on there. Quite a few. And I think even the straight ones are sort of... Let's be friends, curious. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. So, I mean, it's pretty much the sick and wrong form is either lesbian, hot lesbian chicks, or uh, 30-year-old white male virgins from the UK that will make <laughs> you become a lesbian. <laughs> They'll reinforce your opinions <laughs> about men. So, uh, good luck there, Checkpoint, and thanks for sending in the sick and wrong song of the week, Doing Your Mom. People will be back next week with episode 222. Till then, take a sweetie. Doing your mom! Do it, doing your mom! Doing your mom, do it, doing your mom, do it, doing your mom, do it, doing your mom. You know we straight with doing your mom.
Walmart picking out your drawers. Big Dolly Parton hair like an 80s prom queen. But her ass was looking good all up in them mom jeans. I approached her in the checkout line and said, Yo, baby, what's up? She had two gallons of milk and I was staring at her jugs. Five minutes later, she agreed to get with me. So we went and rocked the minivan like giggity, giggity, giggity. I was riding your mom.